We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back on the Yin's No Ball podcast, the second one of the Steelers 2024 offseason. I'm John Ledger. With me is Brad Spielberger. And we talked earlier in the week, just kind of the aftermath of that loss and and looked ahead a little bit as to what like the biggest questions and and really the priorities of the Steelers offseason should offseason should be. And Mike Tomlin, uh, there's since that podcast, actually right as we finished that podcast, unfortunately, uh, we got news that Mike Tomlin is going to return as head coach. We've already kind of talked about how we feel about that. So people can go back and listen to former episodes. We're not going to get into that too much. Uh, pretty much what I anticipated. He spoke to the media today. And among the most interesting things he said, Brad, was that it seems like they will go outside the organization for an offensive coordinator hire, which is good news. And he said he believes Kenny Pickett, talked him up, all this stuff, believes he could be the 2024 Steelers quarterback, Mason Rudolph, he's a free agent, but we liked what he did, blah, blah, blah. He thinks that he was asked, do you think the Steelers 2024 starting quarterback, he didn't, they didn't say starter, but obviously they meant starter, starting quarterback would be, is in the locker room right now. And he said, yes. So seems like. Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph competing for the starting job is Mike Tomlin's dream <laughs> for the season to save his job. Obviously, we are as down bad as we have been in quite some time if this is what actually happens. I'm going to choose to just not believe it. Uh, you know, you obviously, we go back and forth on some of these things. I'm sure you'll prove to be right 95% of the time. He did talk about competition. And yeah, like you said, maybe yeah. that's just a competition between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, which is truly... One of the funnier comp that's like a competition between like candy corn and like milk duds. Like that's like <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's an all time hilarious yeah. waste of time co- uh, competition. But anyway, I- I'll choose to believe they're going to maybe look at some other options. We'll get into those a little bit. Uh, obviously, the course of the entire offseason, like you and I are pumped. We're going to cook uh, for agency, the draft. That's, that's where we're, we're really uh, where we shine. So, yeah, I'm choosing to believe that it's, that's not just those two guys that maybe some more influences come in and the biggest thing i think is you know looking outside the org for offensive coordinator um how involved is the rest of the building going to be in that process that 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 i think is even more interesting frankly than, than the quarterback when we talked to a couple offensive coordinator options last week on the pod i think before the playoff game so people can go back and listen to that one we're going to talk more about that as we get more clarity as to who they're going to bring in in the coming days slash weeks uh we'll talk about that a lot today we're going to talk about free agents for the steelers this upcoming offseason who are their free agents 
who should they bring back? Who should they be okay walking away from? And then what possible restructures slash cuts on the roster could they make to save and create cap space? So we'll start with free agents. And since we're on this thread of talking with the about the quarterbacks, might as well just start with Mason Rudolph, who's a free agent. And what kind of contract does a guy who played two solid games and, you know, so three solid games, I guess I would say, uh, but with has very little starting experience in recent history, but was ready to play. What kind of contract do you think Mason Rudolph is looking at for this offseason? Yeah, so he did get the extension. You know, they gave him that one-year, like, $5 million deal before his rookie deal actually expired, which I think to a degree showed, all right, we, we think this guy would maybe get some degree of interest elsewhere. Obviously, a third-round pick, I, I want to say hundred, oh, 76th overall. So, um, you know, a mid-third-round pick. But still, like you said, People got to realize there's a massive signal when your own team has you as third string and that's the team that you've been on the roster since 2018 um, and, and they see everyone play the entire offseason and practice all these things and, and Trubisky was still ahead of him. So I think it's just the biggest thing in today's NFL. If you're a statue in the pocket, it, it just reduces your options dramatically. So it'll be more for sure than the minimum salary contract he had this year, which is what he was playing on. Um, but I still think it'll be... You know, instead of one million, it'll be two and a half million. Uh, I just don't see there being really like aggressive competition for Mason Rudolph services. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I completely agree with you. I do not think this is going to be a big contract whatsoever. Not that many people do, but I have heard enough rumblings of like, can they keep Mason? What's it going to cost to keep Mason? It's like, how much interest is he going to have around the league? He'll have interest as a backup around the league or for the tank type teams, you know, the Josh Dobbs types, uh, the, you know, we need a fallback option in case things don't work so we can remain remotely competitive, those types of things. Um, but that'll be it. Uh, Real quick, just jumping in too. This is actually kind of a funny, maybe this is their, uh, their galaxy brain approach. There's no coach. He's he, like, there's no guy going to a different team. That's like, you know, like, like for example, Gardner Minshew following a Shane Steichen from Philly to Indy. The, the, the Tomlin tree doesn't exist. Matt Canada is not going to be anywhere next year. <laughs> so like that is all jokes aside. Like why maybe yeah. there'd be some level of competition for a backup quarterback where a coordinator, you know, let's say that the Steelers pass game coordinator becomes an OC somewhere else and says, I want to bring in a veteran who knows my system, who can help groom some draft pick. We're going to make like, that does not exist. So that really does dramatically reduce the, the competition as well. That's why there's any degree of competition for backup quarterbacks, um, you know, besides the, the really good ones. Like that's that's the only kind of impetus for that to happen. 
It's actually a really good point. Uh, so I think the competition for him will be pretty limited thanks to Tomlin not having a coaching tree, but that is a great point. Yeah, the, he should be. And we also, we you don't even know what scheme the Steelers are necessarily going to be gravitating toward yet. So that will play into, obviously, that hire is going to come before free agency talk. So how what does he fit into that? Also, there just isn't a lot of value around the league for a guy who is not, a, as a starter type at least, who doesn't have any second reaction, playmaking ability, scrambling ability. Like, there's no out-of-structure stuff. There's no ceiling. He doesn't have these great physical tools like he's been in the league for a couple years and earned very little and even when he's played it's you know his best games even have been pretty ho-hum you know the decent but like you can get a guy that can do that like there just isn't a lot of there's a big market for that type of player um so he just doesn't represent where the league wants to go at the position there's no excitement or upside or can't talk yourself into a better outcome so yeah because that i agree with you should be pretty easy for the steelers to retain should they retain them i mean yeah if if you were just like this is your backup sure <laughs> like you know but like it's just yeah you know so it really is like that simple to me like i'm fine with retaining him if you're telling me you're bringing in somebody that's better than he and kenny pickett you know um and we, ollie and i were just talking about this like what do they do like bringing kirk cousins he asked me and i was like well if he does there's no quarterback competition you know kirk cousins is better than these guys not even a question he's the starter so it's more like a fields type you know who's still better than these guys but is is that more can you call out a competition and people aren't going to roll their eyes maybe um so yeah, rudolph can maybe. be a part of that but yeah imagine kenny being third out of those three if it was <laughs> i mean you look um, back at that draft class historically and, and you know his draft status we should really put in zero stock in that i mean everybody else in the class went third round or later and none of them are good so <laughs> it's, it's a mess uh it really is and they fell in love with yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, John, him. if he was the quarterback at Utah instead of Pittsburgh, does he go in the first two rounds? He does not go to the Steelers. I'll tell you that. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So that is one free agent. There's really nothing on offense. This team is just clean. Like everybody's back. So we'll talk about restructures and cuts because there will be some of those and should be some of those. But uh, the only other free agent they have on offense that plays, Miles Boykin, is the only one. Either one I have, right? Only other one. And just real quick, I'm now at the 175 free agents, uh, not not public yet on PFF. But Marcus Golden, a 34 year old designated pass rusher, is the only guy on my top 175, and it's like 162. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that because there there really isn't like we look at the the players who are free agents for the Steelers, uh, you know, and, and now that we've kind of got past the Rudolph thing and that's going to be the big question of the off season. And I, I'm not sure which way they go with that one, but uh, to me, it's not a needle moving one. I know to a lot of people it will, and it could ultimately be an indicator of what they won't do at the position, which is relative is, is relevant. Um, but it won't, him being here won't move the needle for me strongly any one way or the other, except what it means, what that means for other moves that they'll make, but, oh man, it's bad. I mean, they're, or it's good, I guess, in a way, depending on yep. whether you like these players or not. But they don't have hardly any free agents. Uh, these are the free agents they have defensively. Chandon Sullivan, Monty Adams, Armand Watts, Juan Alexander, Marcus Golden, Levi Wallace, praise God, James Pierre, Elijah Riley, Michael Walker, and Blake Martinez. And then would Miles Jack be a free agent? I didn't see him on the list. but Miles Jack, uh, it's because we have him listed as a practice squad guy right now. I think he was an elevation. So, yeah. He, he's, he's not on uh, over the cap as a free agent or spot, spot rack. Yeah, well, I can't speak to the other website that I can't believe you just <laughs> mentioned on our podcast. We'll have to talk I about almost that didn't say the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's because, like, he is. He's a free agent, obviously. It's just because, like, when you're a practice squad guy, you can be signed to a futures contract. Yeah. So, like, it's probably just tabled. Um, but, yeah, he's obviously a veteran. It's because the new rules are on the, the practice squad. Anyway, he is it's a weird, free agent. He's, 
Were they elevating him each week? I didn't even pay attention. Yeah, he was an elevation guy. He okay. he was not an actual sign of the fifty-three man roster he was guy. Playing over Blake Martinez, but he was getting elevated. Martinez was not. It's a good right. point, actually. That's it's a very that's good. Pretty point. weird. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. No, I don't know why. Way, maybe I don't know if Martinez like wasn't uh, you know eligible, but I don't see why he wouldn't be. That's actually yeah. a good point. I don't know what the th- thought process is there. Um, Interesting. At all, really. I was okay. gonna jump in and just say like all the guys you mentioned. Uh, the leader in snaps is, is Levi Wallace, and I think the only only Chandon Sullivan. No, that's it. He's the only guy with forty percent of snaps played this year on defense. Like it's a bunch yeah. of like, like we do like you know the rotational capacity of the the interior defensive linemen and Monty Adams and Armin Watts, Marcus Golden. I, I I'd bring him back. I, I wouldn't play him more snaps than than uh, you, you know than, than the young guys like Herbig, but I'd bring him back. But yeah. none of those guys are are contributing at a high level. Um, both like how good they are, but also just like they're not even they're not even logging a lot of snaps. Let's say, let's say, obviously, obviously, Watt Highsmith and Herbig are back. What what kind of money do you think you offer Marcus Golden? It's like one year, one and a half million dollars. Okay. He's going to be a thirty four year old player. He had a good year. We yeah. played two hundred. Coming off a year, we played like six hundred snaps. They got him for one point three mil. Um, he he's like, yeah, like two eighty. <laughs> yeah, right. So he, now those kind of players, there's always a team that could say, "Hey, we have more opportunity for you here." If the Steelers are like Herbig's going to be ahead of you in the rotation next year, like it's you know you're going to be the fourth guy. This year he was the third guy. Maybe he sees the writing on the wall there and just wants to go other worlds for opportunity. Maybe he just wants to chase a ring. But money wise, I don't think they're going to lose out on him. No, it's probably just like personal preference. Like I do think we forget. Like I'll, I'll use your guy Levante David in Tampa. At a certain point, these are just people that like they have roots in places. Like Levante David probably could have made double what he made from Tampa this year for a bunch of different teams. But he just wants to. He's been there. It's obviously a different, like a legendary franchise yeah. player versus Marcus Golden. But nevertheless, like, yeah, he's, he's kids are probably in kindergarten and he just doesn't want to move. So like that, that, that stuff matters too. Yeah. He's probably the player I'm most interested in bringing back. I'd be interested. Actually, I will say Armand Watts is probably the player I'm most interested in bringing back, to be honest. I just think he played very well. There are not many rotational guys that could play every, every down. He obviously passed up to Marvin Leal in the, in the rotation, uh, Isaiah Loudermilk in the rotation he is just a more effective three down player than either of those guys. Um, and you don't have to worry about the mental mistakes you do with Leal. He could probably do a little bit of everything you need on the defensive line. I, to me, he's an ideal fourth or fifth guy on a defensive line. And I think that hopefully it's quiet enough on him that you could get him back. But I would, he is easily the free agent to me that I want most on this team. I would agree. I would agree. I, I think he offers great early down work in particular, um, but he has pass rush juice too. But you, you know, you line him up as like a five, like a big end. You can do a lot of different things with him. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked him last year in Chicago too. Like he, he's an interesting pl- talent. Um, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I yeah, that would be the one. I like Monty Adams. I'm fine with him being back if possible. He's clearly not going to be the starter, and he may be the kind of guy that's like, oh, I've been the starter here. I've played well enough that like I could see myself going somewhere else and getting more opportunity. Maybe it's time for him to move on because of that. Um, but I wouldn't mind having him back either. Uh, the only other guy, I mean, Golden is one, and that's really at everybody else. I'm kind of okay with with turning the page on Quan Alexander. I I I like having him as a third linebacker, but ultimately the injury history you can't count on him. You need to get younger at that position. You're going to draft somebody at some point. If Holcomb and Roberts are back as your starters, and Robinson's still in this mix as a special team or you know physical guy that you want to keep developing, you're probably going to have another rookie in the mix at some point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's room for Quan on here. He was kind of a late camp signing, so his time in the league just after another injury may just be over. Even though I think he's 
I still like what he brings to the table because he is such a physical, aggressive player, and I know he's going to make some mistakes, but there's still enough splash there to get me intrigued. But ultimately, they probably just need to they need to draft and develop somebody at that position. Yep, couldn't agree more. So what else do we have here? James Pierre, been real. Elijah Riley, been real. Chandon Sullivan, been extremely real. Levi Wallace has not been real at all. Been too real. No, it's been too <laughs> too real. real. Yeah. Uh, Michael Walker, Mouse, Jack, Blake Martinez, those guys were all like emergency signings. I wouldn't anticipate any of them being back. Um, Jack probably retires. So that's really kind of it on the free agent landscape. There's very little to get worked up about on the Steelers free agent outlook. Um, there's almost nobody really to be concerned about losing. And there, in fact, there are a lot of players that you want to be losing at this point in time. Let's talk about some of the other guys. Let's go defensively here. And I'm just going to ask you kind of a walk through it. Players like Patrick Peterson, DeMonte Casey, Keanu Neal, who just don't seem like they can play in the NFL anymore at the level they need to, to, to be making money. I don't even know contract was, I haven't looked to see who's making the most out of those guys, but like what's their situation and status of being able to move on from all three of those guys. Pretty easy. Yeah. Fairly easy. In terms of like, if you asked me, you know, like who do I think is not worth the production they've given you? I mean, it's probably all of them, but uh, I mean, Pat Pete, you're, you're owing, you got to pay Pat Pete about $7 million. Is he worth $7 million a corner? No. Um, there's not a ton of depth in the, in the free agent market, but you and I've talked about it. They probably need to be open to making a splash at the higher level or just go after a younger player. Like I, yeah, anyway, so I think you can move on fairly country from Pat Pete. You clear about 6.85 million cap space, which is not an insignificant number. That's, um, a, that's a significant number. I mean, they, they yeah. that's just a, that's a very important move. Like, yeah. so what if he's your third, you know, if, oh, he could play our back, be our number three outside corner. He could be our backup slot. He could play safety for us. Who cares? Like, he's not good at any of that stuff. Like, so what the point? Yeah. What's, you know, what if he was good at all that stuff? Like, okay, but he's not. He, just because he functionally can stand up by a whiteboard and tell you what he's supposed to do at each position in each defense. Like, cool. That's great. There's a value to that that stops usually about the time that the second quarter hits and you're getting, you know, gassed by all these young guys who are out there on the field. So, uh, he just he can't play like it's just I don't know the why we need to you know I could see them keeping him just because it's oh we need a veteran leader in the longer you know it's just garbage like so for know. that part I would just say a pay cut like you hey we'll, we'll chop your money in half instead of paying you seven we'll pay you three and a half mil you'll be our third outside corner our emergency safety and like you said you know a good locker room leader help coach up JPJ and whoever else we add I know you still probably are, are against that but yeah like slash the money significantly. <laughs> Um, cause he, to me, I think you just move on. You, you clear $3 million, only 875 grand in dead cap. I, I just, yeah, I think you move on there. And Neil that's, he's done. He's 2.25. Yeah. He's, he's done. He should retire. He, he yeah. can't move anymore. And the injuries, he just had so many injuries. The guy's yeah, body. A lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, so that leaves them very thin with Riley and Sullivan and Pierre free agents. You have Corey Trice, who I think was on injured reserve all year, who will be back in the mix for a camp spot. I would imagine. Killebrew will be back because of his special teams ability. Rush will probably be a, in camp, uh, yeah. I would imagine. Darius Rush. We'll see about Trenton Thompson. Uh, he was injured also. What was his injury? Uh, do you remember? I forget what Trenton Thompson's injury was. Anyway, he finished the season on IR for whatever it was. But um, maybe he's back in the mix, but he's not a starter. He'd be like a, he'd be competing for a special teams, you know, last guy on the on the roster. So you really probably go into the offseason and you need another outside corner a nickel corner and a strong safety. Um, and you don't just need them. You need starters. 
So yeah, that's significant. And you don't have much depth either, unless Rosh and, and Trice can prove something, which there's going to be some types like that, that they're going to have to get on this roster. But that I start in the secondary for a reason, because I don't think that we have, we'll have much change to talk about in the rest of the defense or offense really. But those are the, that's the most significant position group on this team going to the offseason outside of quarterback is just figuring out what happens in the secondary. I think it's both starters and depth because I actually yeah. like Trice coming out of college, but you know, he falls to the seventh and everyone's kind of like, okay, this is weird. <clears throat> it's because he had massive injury red flags and then he mm-hmm. tears his ACL before the yeah. season even kicks off. So like we can't rely on him to be anything. Right. Um, Darius Rush was the was a fifth round pick of the Colts. Um, they waved right. him before the season even started. Yeah, he played a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think he had one nice play in one of the, one of the games we broke down. But yeah. again, like you don't see. really know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then it's, it's safety too. Like it legitimately could be Minka and and question marks. Because um, even like you know, I know Killebrew is a good special teamer. I'm sure they'll bring him back, but he is a pending free agent. I don't know if we mentioned him at, at all yet. Oh, so didn't. yeah, you He's need to have like free agent. Say it again. Unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He'll he'll be back if he wants. To. Yeah, he'll be back. I'm sure. But like you need to add like a half dozen DBs, and like three of them need to be like starter starting caliber defensive backs. Well, wow. Oh yeah, I did. I just completely missed Killebrew. That's my bad. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the second, that's the group. And so we may actually just start our off season outlook there next week, just looking at the secondary, how these guys played. We've already talked a lot about how they've played, but I don't think it's any mystery how they played. <laughs> these guys are all too old and not impact NFL players anymore. Um, they need to get younger and more athletic there. So the draft pretty deep at corner from everything that I'm hearing, I'm going to be watching a lot of corners over the next couple of weeks. Um, already watched the Alabama guys and been pretty impressed. And so going to keep uh, uh, watching that position. You know, safety is a little interesting because you have, have like all this money in Mika Fitzpatrick. So the other guy that you bring in at safety won't make a lot of money almost certainly. So, but there are, so there are a lot of guys that you could plug into the mix there. What type of player do you want? Do you want a free safety? Because when starting KZ, it suggested to me, they almost want a more of a free safety so they can play Minka in more of like the hybrid role. So who's somebody that can play on the uh, deep on the back end rather than who's somebody that can play near the line of scrimmage better. And that makes it a little trickier. I view it the same way. There's usually more of those guys available. Like for me, Deshaun Elliott is a guy I would go after. I think will not cost a whole lot of money. Uh, The Dolphins are going to pay Javon Holland. They got some other pieces there. Um, So those guys are always fast, but yes, no, it's fair. It's fair. He's not, but uh, like is kind of that deep third guy. There's no, I mean, I'm scrolling through my list now as we talk. I think he was kind of a product of like his grades are insane on PFF, but I think it's partly because it's it's selection bias of like when the ball was thrown at him. I think he made a lot of plays. So I'm not saying Aloha Gilman is a 90 graded safety, but um, another guy just sits back as a free safety um, and uh, kind of like Derwin, you know, the Derwin dynamic with him is what we're thinking about uh, in theory with the Minka. I wouldn't mind bringing in Aloha Gilman for a cheap deal. Um, there are those guys deep third, or I mean, whatever. D- deep free safeties, I think, are the easiest for, for an average NFL starter, a guy that can just be there. I think it's one of the easier things to find in free agency. Mike Edwards will also be a free agent. He's been kind of a valuable piece when he's gotten to play again. Now these guys are going to really improve your athleticism that much, which is an interesting part of this. You know, the Giants, do they want to bring back McKinney? I think they probably – it seemed like it was trending the right direction, although there's been some friction there during his time there. Um, so yeah, we'll, be, we'll get into some of these pricey, though. If, if we're talking not spending, like I think like McKinney, if I had to guess right now, I'm about to change the projection for the update, probably above $10 million a year. So, oh, okay. I did not know he was that yeah. high of Cool. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into some names next week, um, uh, on that one. That'll be fun. 
Um, but yeah, corner safety, those are going to be positions we got to look at. Corner is the one I feel like they spend at where safety, it's like you can find guys to play next to a star at safety, you know, that can fill a role. Um, you may need to find two role guys. <laughs> you may need to draft somebody for this spot too. They should draft another corner, I think. But this it needs to be a place they invest in because as you move up the roster, you know, the the front seven is probably going to be exactly the same, I would imagine. Um, you know, the question is Ogunjobi probably and how much what what is the cap implications with Larry Ogunjobi? Because you have Watt and Highsmith and Herbig are going to be back as your top three. You're set there kind of, you know, you're either going to re-sign Golden or bring in another veteran that's a similar type. Um, you've got Holcomb and Roberts at linebacker. You probably will draft somebody, but it probably won't be super high, I would imagine, unless you don't think Holcomb makes it back healthy. Um, and then you look at uh, at Hayward if he returns, which it sounded like he was leaning more toward returning, and Benton next year as starters. Then what's the cap implications with Ogan Joe? Because Watts and Adams are free agents. You have Laudermilk still under contract. Leal, if he can make it. You obviously bring in guys to compete there. It's not the end of the world. But Ogan Joby's still a helpful player, but he can't play the same amount of snaps. He's not your number two defensive tackle right now. I think he's more of a – he could be your three, he could be your four. He's a backup rotational type of player, and and that's something they got to consider this offseason. Yeah, because they're paying him, you know, a, a good bit more than that. They're scheduled to pay him about ten million dollars next year. You'd clear a little over six million dollars with a cut. Again, maybe a guy you go to. I, I think this actually would probably work, especially with Larry Ogunjobi. People forget signed a pretty big deal with the Bears. They fa- he failed a medical there. The Steelers were the team that stepped in and gave him a one year flyer, um, kind of kept his career going there, um, and, and then you know signed him to the extension. So. Say, hey, Larry, you know, we give you a one-year $8 million deal after you failed another team's physical. We then extended you. We've now paid you a good chunk two years in a row. Could you slash, you know, I don't know, go from $10 million down to $6 million as our number three interior guy? And, and, you know, maybe that does work. It'd be interesting because his body's been through it a bit. And I wonder if playing less snaps for an organization he loves would be attractive to him. Or if he's like, no, I'm still a number two guy. I need to start. I need to play 35, 40 snaps a game. I need to get me somewhere I can play that. I'm not sure which will be more preferable to him um, at this point in time. So he's the one to watch probably defensively. Any other defensive players in terms of restructures, anything like that? I think we, I mean, Holcomb, I guess, if the injuries are just so bad. Yeah, I think they're fine there. Um, You know, yeah, if if they feel it's that bad, then maybe you look into it. But no, otherwise, it's pretty straightforward. Like, I think Roberts Mm -hmm. is worth, well worth his 2024 money. Um, I know he's becoming a darling of the pod at this point. Um, and, and also just so many other ways to clear room. Like you're clearing $10 million with an Allen Robinson move. Like they're like cap yeah. is not an issue for them, um, really at all. So as I look through it, yeah, no, there, there's nobody else that I'm, I feel there's a pressing need to do anything to their contract on defense. So Allen Robinson right now is the guy probably offensively. You, is he the guy you clear the most with by just yep. cutting outright? Yep. 10 mil. So that obviously has to happen, right? I mean, there's like no way that doesn't happen, right? That was just restructuring that they inherited the Rams deal and they just kind of like, they knew 2024 was not actually going to be played on. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, okay. So that that's one right there. Puts you in position to need a wide receiver three pretty good, which might be the second place we move in. We'll probably save quarterback for the end as we kind of move through this group. But that will be... Uh, one of the moves like because Calvin Austin obviously being a part of things here, but not being at all the type of receiver Allen Robinson is, which if they continue to want that type of receiver, there's definitely a couple guys that might be available that I would be excited about. So uh, we could check in on that more. How about Pat Fryermuth going into the last year of his deal, looking at a possible extension to to kind of create some caps? Is that something you've considered at this point in time, or do you just feel like that's probably off the table right now? 
I think they would honestly look to do an early extension uh, with Fryermuth, if I had to guess. Um, I think you're buying low to a degree. You know, I don't know if I would say he's regressed, but he obviously was less productive this year than he was the year before. I want to say off the top of my head. Injuries, but yeah, he also hasn't improved. That's that's I don't think he's improved. That's clear. I would agree. I would agree. Um, I, I do think though it's one of those things where it's like you just look around the landscape of the NFL at tight end and, and a guy that yeah. can get you, you know, fifty catches for six hundred yards, you have a top fifteen tight end in the NFL. I know he's not a very good blocker, um, but even those are hard to find at this point as well. So you know, I think you're giving him like eight million dollars a year on an extension um, if you do it now and and not wait. So it could go either way. I'm not saying it's a pressing like desire or anything like that, but I do think it's one of those. There's not a lot of talent there. The draft class outside of Brock Bowers is not particularly inspiring. Like I'm a big Cade Stover guy at Ohio State, but that's I don't know. That's about it for me. They're not they're not going to bring in. I feel like they're not going to be interested in. You know, some of the move tight ends, like it was it Jatavian Sanders at Texas, those type of guys. Like it's those guys are barely even tight ends. So um, I don't know. I I, I think he is a, an extension candidate for sure. Yeah, that one will be one to watch for sure because that could be another way of creating some space. And I agree with you. I think he should and I want to see him with actual coaching. Like I would like right, right, right. right. Um, he to me, he's too talented as a receiver not to see with actual coaching. Like we've seen a little yak ability, we've seen some contested catch ability at times. He doesn't, he's not really polished like as a player, like that's the big thing with him. So maybe get a coach that can freaking do that with him. And like that we've seen some, some tight ends go and be second contract tight ends, other places, and they go on to be successful. And I just don't want to see that happen with him to me. He's it's that type of player. So I would want to keep him if I were in Pittsburgh, if I were Pittsburgh shoes and there's no reason why it should break the bank. He could be a better player in three years than what you signed him for this off season. I don't think that's outside the question at all. And you know, competitively he's made of the stuff that you want. So it can be frustrating at times. Like if you can get good coaching around him and actually develop this guy some, like I think you could have a, one of these late bloomers at tight end who end up being, you end up being happy you hung on to and he ends up being a bargain. The other factor of that is obviously Darnell Washington's here and is going to need some like actual opportunity in the future, but it doesn't seem like right now the view in house is like this guy's ready to be the tight end one. Like they didn't treat him like that this season. So that uh, to me also would suggest they still feel like Fryermuth is a guy that they were going to lean on pretty heavily next year. I think so for sure. I mean, look at just last year, he was seventh in yards per route run among tight ends. <laughs> like, um, you know, like can make some guys miss in the open space. Not a ton, but, um, you know, is not just a total like catch a six yard average, uh, catch a six yard pass beyond the line of scrimmage and kind of rumble and stumble and just kind of make one dude miss. Like, no, like he's he can be a functional receiver. I, I do agree with you where you haven't seen growth and development there. He doesn't break off his routes with a lot of suddenness and urgency, but I, I think he's cap- physically capable of doing that. Um, I just think he hasn't been really coached very well. Yeah, it's going to be – he's one the player that I'm probably most interested to watch what the progression of his career looks like from this point in time because we know enough with Pickens and Johnson to know they could be really good, but they also are just going to probably get in their own way their whole careers to a degree. So it's like, yeah, their ceiling is high in some ways, but more like – game to game moment to moment then like their career could just go on to be this unbelievable thing we can't anticipate like they're probably going to be good throughout their career but they're just they're probably going to get in their own way enough that we never think of them that way i do think Fryermuth, while the ceiling might not be best side in the league uh, to me i watch him play and i'm like there's no way like he's all the ability of some of these other tier two tight ends in the league like, i just think he'd be on that level if they ever figured out what the heck they're doing offensively and got him the ball ever um so I'm I'm exci- I would be excited about them continuing to keep him as long as the price is reasonable. Uh, everything else, I mean, running back wise, you're obviously set. We've talked 
probably quarterback. Well, let's talk Mitch Trubisky. Uh, cutting him seems just completely obvious. And would that what would that do cap wise? Yeah, extremely, extremely obvious. He cleared three mil there. Um, yeah, I, there, there's no pathway forward here. Uh, I guess in, in a way you could say maybe that's the upside or the benefit to Mason, at least kind of entrenching himself. All right, now they can they can sell. I know it's gonna you know drive you crazy, but they can sell him being the backup uh, to fans at least and, and get move on from Mitchell. So yeah, yeah, for sure. That there's no doubt. What did you say it saved them? Sorry, I missed it. Uh, three mil. Three. Okay, so not not a ton, but obviously you're doing it. Um, offensive line. This is where Ciamalo and, jo- and Daniel stay. Broder Jones is obviously going to be a part of your starting group. The questions then exist to Dan Moore, Mason Cole, Chuksakora for what happens with these three guys. And let's start with Chuksakora for because he was benched midseason. And really, despite Dan Moore, he wasn't, they had no plans to play him again. It's <laughs> once that happened, unless somebody went down with an injury. And even then, I really wonder if we would have seen Dylan Cook instead of him. What does he make this season? What are the cap implications of a cut or a trade? Yeah, so you'd have to think there's there's some trade candidate here. I mean, he's a 27, 28-year-old starting caliber right tackle. Like, he's not a world beater, but he's a good, he's a functional tackle in the NFL. Those are nearly impossible to find. Um, so if you cut him, which, you know, maybe that's the route they go, they would clear 8.75 mil. So so a substantial amount. Um, and a trade's the same number. He's going into the last year of his deal. Uh, and nothing, nothing crazy there. Yeah. You have to find a trade partner. The, the amount of teams across the NFL that would take Chuck Sakura for as their right tackle for eight point seven five million cash is is a long enough list. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to get like a day two pick or anything, but yeah, it's just so hard to find functional tackle play in this league. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. either figure it out and, and mend the fences. But I'm with you. I, it seems like that ship has sailed. Um, yeah, just uh, you have to have done something egregious to like. To not be able to get back in this lineup with how bad the tackle play was the rest of the year. You know what team could use a starting caliber, decent right tackle at a pretty affordable rate? The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Agreed. Roger Jones at left tackle and and, and Chuck Sapor for a right tackle with the guards set. And so obvious. Would be it's, awesome. It'd be great. Yeah. It's so obvious. And even if Chuck's isn't the guy long term. You bring in somebody to compete with Jukes then long term. Like that's yep. it. You bring in like a rookie again and to compete with Jukes. And there you go. Like, but to create a hole for yourself because of, you know, who knows what happened, but just seems ridiculous to me. But Broder Jones, Mike Tolman has not decided whether he'll play the right or left side next year. So yeah. uh the, the cold one Broder Jones, by in. the way, did come out. Broder Jones in the locker room, he said, I'm way more comfortable on the left side than the right side. So this has been a tricky year. <laughs> I was like, cool. Yeah, you traded up from seventeen to fourteen with two with a bad left tackle, and it, that one makes no sense. Like this happens across the league. This isn't just a Steelers thing in some respects. Um, I mentioned Paris Johnson, same scenario, but it's bananas for this particular context. It, it's insane. Yeah, um, it doesn't make sense. And you would think just because of that, they have no. There's they won't trade Dan Moore probably because there's no value because everybody probably watches him and think this guy's bad. And then what do they do with him? Like. They would have to just keep him a left tackle. They could move him, I guess, and just flip it. Wouldn't that be such an immense of guilt? Like just if they flipped the two of them next offseason. But it doesn't feel like they're going to move on from him. They just let him start the whole season as a bad player. Like when they I mean, had a good a one swing. on the bench. Yeah, it's funny because like he fits the bill of like, all right, like 
if he's your third tackle, like you're not sure. pumped about it, but like you're not, right. you're, it's a it's a better third tackle than probably some rosters currently are working with. But That's none right. of those teams are saying we're going to give him a thousand snaps three years in a row. He's going to rank like top five in pressures and sacks allowed every single year, um, and we're just going to keep this train rolling. So yeah, he won't get cut because it doesn't save you any money. But right. If he, but he, yeah, he could, so he could be the left or right side, or they could bring in somebody to be the right tackle and just put Broderick Jones on the left side. Um, but it does seem like moving a core forward to clear space and get an asset back, even if it's a round five pick, is probably the move. And then that brings us to Mason Cole, who, what do you, what's the, the context of his numbers if you move on from him? Yeah. So, uh, this one's an obvious decision, in my opinion. You, you caught him, you clear 4.75 mil. Um, and I also think this is one of the strongest center classes in free agency, um, no matter what scheme they go with. If they do pivot to a different rushing scheme, you could find guys that are more mobile at the second level. If you do stick with what you're doing, you can find guys that are better, um, you know, better in pass pro and, and better in kind of gap schemes and, and whatnot. Like there are a dozen guys that I think are starting caliber centers. Center is not an expensive position. I think you did mention Lloyd Cushenberry there. I think he's probably going to go for you know, over $10 million a year, but, but the rest of those guys, I think are not going to cost all that much. Biotish. Say it again. Biotish. Biotish, I think is a good one. I like Andre James. If for the Raiders don't watch this film, I was impressed with him, particularly in pass pro. And I think he would fit in this, in the current uh, iteration of the run game, not a great second level, you know, mover, yeah. but, but a good, like, you know, uh, a good, um, good, good anchor and a solid, a solid center. So, that one makes it all, and I just have to say, doing these, so that the part of the free agent work I'm doing is I'm finding a comparable player for every single free agent, looking mm -hmm. historically. Like, how Mason Cole got the contract he got from Pittsburgh is remarkable. Like, that agent deserves uh, an award for how Mason, I know he was drafted early, and in theory, he has, like, guard flex. Um, Like, his, he, and PF grades are not the end-all, be-all. He was terrible. Like I was watching yeah. some of his tape. Like, yeah. I don't know what they saw in him. He he must be the best leader of all time. Yeah. And his agent deserves deserves an award. It's so uh, wild. I mean, it, hypothetically, if he made less money, you would be like, oh, come back and be the backup center. Yeah. But because that's what it'll be now, wherever he goes, I'm sure he's not going to start. But that is wild, man. I mean, he's just fleeced the team. Like, and he, I think he's a good dude. So I'm not like trying to oh, rip on sure. him. Like, I, he's got to be. I still, he's got to be. Yeah. We talked to the senior role for a long time that year, and I really liked him as a person. But it's uh, yeah, it's tough to tough to sell yourself on another year of that disaster at center. So center, tackle, uh, probably right tackle. <laughs> I would hope uh, um, those look quarterback, safety, corner, and perhaps defensive tackle. We will see how things play out there. But this would be there would be more depth moves at corner. Um, and we'll see a quarterback, obviously, what they do. And then a wide receiver three. So there are needs here, for sure. There are pretty obvious routes to like be able to save money at some of these spots. You don't necessarily need a star at all these positions. Um, but we'll continue to kind of talk about these and break these down moving forward, because I think is that kind of cover everything in terms of from possible restructures and cuts? Yeah, that covers everything. It gets them in a, in a healthy spot. I would just throw in the last piece. You know, we are looking at like current pending free agents, but you know, come draft time outside of the first round, really, you should be thinking about all right, who are the guys that are going to be free agents the year after that, too. Um, you know, so the, the, I just want to say that to say the receiver thing jumps even higher on my list because Deontay is also going into a contract year. And I, I mean, it's hard enough to get a second contract from the Steelers. It's borderline impossible to get a third contract as a receiver from the Steelers. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but. Um, and obviously his was unique, like a two-year deal. But 
So that and then D-Tackle, like Cam Hayward is going into a contract year as well in 2024, and he'll be 36 years old. So I would just say those, like, we shouldn't, like, view those as like, oh, like, yeah, it'd be nice if they, like, no, those are those are glaring needs as much as, you know, maybe not corner and safety. But but they're definitely, if they use a second or a third round pick on those positions, I, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like the path that they could be on. It'd be nice to have a few more assets and perhaps they can make some of these uh, lower level trades to be able to accumulate something that you jump up and get a good player or something like that. Um, but we'll keep looking at it. Obviously, it's just the beginning for us this offseason, but a little sneak peek ahead at the free agents this deals you're dealing with and then possible cuts and restructures so you can have an idea where the holes on the roster might end up being. Uh, we'll be back next week with more content. We're going to focus on that secondary and talk some free agent options and maybe even talk a little bit of draft. We we. It's, you're, I'm going to need some time to catch up on draft prospects. So are you, I know, because we've been in the season and it, you've been in free agency, but we'll get down that path eventually for sure. But until then, appreciate you all. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Yin's No Ball podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.